We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. up everyone it is week 10 of the nfl i am still not steve or yeah still not stevie um it's week 10 10 games and this isn't looking great this is the morning grind joined by keith he knows football well how you doing there keith doing good um yeah a little 10 game slate here this one i don't know we were talking about a little bit pre-show there's some interesting things here i'm not sure how great of a slate we are, we're going to have here. Like Josh Allen, obviously questionable with his UCL, um, Matthew Stafford and concussion protocol and several good quarterbacks either um, on by or on Island games, uh, primetime games. So we may not have much left to work with here. Um, I don't, we'll, we'll get into it and break it down, but over halfway done on the season, um, we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, there's two spots that I love, but I have a feeling most people, are for sure at least going to love one of them and probably love the other one. So we're just going to get right into it. We're starting off with the Vikings going up against the Bills. And, yeah, big news here is Josh Allen may not play in this spot. If he doesn't, then it's Case Keenum starting um, on the Viking side. Not really many injuries to work worry about. Thielen was limited, but he should end up playing. So, we're just going to start off with the Minnesota side of things. Going up against Buffalo defense has just been absolutely fantastic pretty much all season long. I mean, obviously you can't stuff, stop Justin Jefferson on pretty much any given slate. But start off with Minnesota. Anyone that you're really interested in this spot, and is Josh Allen playing or not playing going to change your interest in any of the Vikings? Yeah, I think it is impactful for the Vikings. If Josh, Josh Allen plays, I think we can pretty clearly expect Buffalo to play from ahead, which would give me 
big time interest in the in the Minnesota passing game. Um, I still have interest if Allen doesn't play, but not near as much. Um, Jefferson, you can play in any matchup. Um, Buffalo is obviously one of the the very top defenses in the NFL, but Justin Jefferson's one of the top wide receivers as well. Um, I think Allen helps the pace of the game, though. So I, I really want Josh Allen playing. If I'm going to go heavy on this Minnesota side, if Allen is out, I have some interest in Dalvin Cook just because I think Minnesota could come into Buffalo and play from ahead a little bit. Um, Buffalo's run defense is still good, but not quite as good as their pass defense. I think you can attack them on the ground a little bit. Still a top 10 run defense, but Dalvin Cook would be a fine play. He's expensive. Um, that's the problem kind of with these Vikings is a lot of guys are, are priced up Jefferson and cook, even cousins, isn't super cheap. Um, Hawkinson is priced up into the five K's like any, anybody's fine. But as far as like stacking Minnesota here, I'm not in love with it just because of the pricing, uh, feeling status being like, if, if Thielen is out, maybe there's some cheaper pieces that could enter the conversation. Um, but it's really dependent on Josh Allen for how I'm handling this. Yeah, yeah, no, if Josh Allen's up playing, I think Jefferson becomes a lot more interesting. Obviously, if they're playing from behind and throwing about a decent amount, Jefferson is sitting there right in about the same price range as both Cup and Tyreek Hill, who I think are going to be two of the highest owned wide receivers on the slate in the upper tier, probably very highly owned. I mean, they're one is that they're both just the volume is incredible this year. I've we've never really seen anything like this with two wide receivers. I mean, the closest we've had in the last 15 years has been Cooper Cup last year, Michael Thomas, and then uh, Calvin Johnson. But, I mean, Jefferson makes an interesting pivot. It seems like every single week I'm like, oh, Jefferson's absolutely crushing in the first half. Maybe maybe I had way too little of him, and then he still ends up with a decent game but not a breaking slate game. So I think that overall he's a solid pivot kind of regardless, but definitely a better pivot if Josh Allen doesn't end up playing. And then on the Bills side, obviously Josh Allen is in play and everyone's in play. And the same guys we always go to, Diggs, Gabe Davis, and tournaments are in play. If Josh Allen is out, are you thinking about Case Keenum here? Um, I'm trying to look at this other. 5K has the weapons. We've, he's a gunslinger. Are we playing Case Keenum if he is starting? I, I think we have to have interest here. Um, Minnesota defense has not been very good. You mentioned the elite targets uh, with Diggs and Davis. Even Knox can provide some some options at, at tight end. Like obviously, they, I would say the upside is a little bit more limited um, with Case Keenum. But like these these wide receivers can still go off, especially in a good matchup against the Minnesota defense. I I don't know. This game is is really tough and we'll see when we get the Josh Allen news. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of just in wait and see mode here. I have interest in either, either way, but obviously it's a, a different type of game. If no Josh, Allen. Um, I, I could see it being kind of a slow sloppy game. If it's case Keenum, just because there's going to be more turnovers, he's not going to push the ball down the field as far, but I'm still interested because of, of the talent at wide receiver I, with case Keenum at quarterback digs is probably a little overpriced. Um, same with Davis. So we'll have to see what kind of value opens up to be able to fit them in. Um, but Keenum at 5k helps with that, the price of the stack a little bit. Yeah. I mean, something to always worry about this time of year is in Buffalo, the weather could be bad. We don't know it's Wednesday. Things can change obviously, but I mean, if there's going to be a lot of wind, then 
I could see this actually being a spot where I use Singletary at 5.6K. I know that they've got multiple backs in the field, but it still he's the he's the guy. He's he's kind of who they're going with, even with Cook and Hines there. Hines is more of a third down back. Um I could see going with Singletary, but yeah, you're likely right. If Case Keenum is starting, then Diggs is obviously a little bit up there in price. I mean, he may still get a decent amount of volume, but I can't imagine them throwing nearly as much. I think Gabe Davis is probably the more interesting one. Case Keenum really can air the ball out. I mean, he's getting old, but I think he can still air the ball out pretty decently. I could see Gabe Davis getting one or two big receptions here if the weather's all right. But if the weather's bad, then I'm probably just full on staying away from the Buffalo side of things. Let's move on to the next game here. Uh, we have the Lions going up against Chicago here. We have a 28 and a half or 48 and a half total rather um, for the Lions injuries. Josh Reynolds still, I don't think is going to come back. DeAndre Swift was limited. Jamal Lewis didn't practice. So could have an interesting spot there in the backfield um, on the bear side of things. No injuries. Let's start out with Detroit. Um, I love Detroit in this spot. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown in an incredible spot. Um, I don't hate any of the other wide receivers, Raymond or even Kennedy. I think both are fine. They're cheap options. If you want to go with Brock Wright, that's fine. But Amon Ross St. Brown might be my favorite wide receiver on this slate. Yeah, I'm right there with you. A 48-point total in Chicago in November, not something that we see very often. Um, but this Bears defense is real bad. These might be the two worst defenses in the NFL. And there's some talent on each offense as well. So we could really have the makings here for another shootout in Chicago. We saw it last week when they played Miami. Again, two bad defenses. And Justin Fields just able to keep the Bears in the game. We talked about that. Did I lose you? This ain't great. Is that me or is that you? I don't think that's me. Uh-oh. Well, we might have lost Keith. Anyone who's watching right now, if we lost Keith. I mean, but anyways, I guess I'll I'll start going. Um, yeah, no, these are two of the worst defenses in the league, like Keith just said. Amon Ross St. Brown, we've seen week in and week out pretty much every single week since week. 14 last season, just have a massive amount of targets, had nine and 10 in the last two weeks, obviously had a rough outing getting injured, but he seems to be back. He's going to have a ton of volume here in this spot. Um, I just think overall it's, it's a, it's a spot where Brown should end up absolutely crushing here. And I could see Raymond as the wide receiver two here, come in and get a decent amount of volume been sitting right around three to five targets a week. He's still sitting at 4.4 K overall. I think that's probably too low of a price tag. And if you're going to throw in golf, then I think that Raymond is a fine secondary piece to your stack, but I, I pretty much want, I'm on Ross St. Brown in at any given time here. Um, yep. Keith's internet went out. So this is, this is going to be fun. Um, we'll look at the bear side of things. Um, Justin Fields, I think, might be one of the best QBs on the entire slate. Um, Fields, they've shown that they're going to design runs for him pretty much the entire game. We saw him set a regular season record in rushing yards last week. Still only threw the ball 28 times, but getting a great defensive matchup here in Detroit. 
likely having Claypool get more entrenched in this offense. So he actually has a few weapons now. Um, Komet has seemed to kind of come back to life. He has uh, two receiving touchdowns last week, one the week before. And so Komet could be in for a big spot here. Um, Keith, I was just talking about how Justin Fields might be a great, might be the top raw points quarterback pretty much on the entire slate. Now you can look at some of the weapons. Go ahead and talk. Talk about what you think about Chicago and finish any thoughts you might have had about Detroit. Yeah, I, Fields is right there in raw points with Mahomes. I talked about missing several several um, quarterbacks. If, if Josh Allen isn't on the slate because he misses with injury, um, it's between Fields and Mahomes for top raw points quarterback. Fields has been outstanding each of the last three weeks. QB1 in fantasy last week, top five the two weeks before that. Um, Chicago has finally unleashed him. They're letting him run all over the place. Obviously had a massive day on the ground uh, last week and the receivers are starting to show up a little bit too. So this matchup against Detroit, this is probably the best game environment of the slate just because I think both offenses are competent and both defenses are absolutely terrible. Um, My internet had cut out there just rebutting what you were saying about Detroit. Agree with you. Amon Ross St. Brown, the top receiver on the slate for me. The Chicago defense is is terrible. Um, just touching on Detroit's running back situation real quick, DeAndre Swift is apparently just going to continue to be active and not get any touches. Um, he's not healthy. I don't know why they don't just sit him out. So Jamal Williams is really interesting to me. Um, the Chicago run defense has been really bad even before they made all the trades. Um, so Jamal Williams at 5,900, very much in play as well. Um, you touched on the cheap wide receivers, the cheap tight ends. I don't know what to do with tight end. I played more of Brock Wright than any of them last week, and he's the only one that didn't score of the three. So that was fun. Um, But cheap tight ends in play for sure. Um, Yeah, just give me as much of this game as as possible. We'll have to see what the ownership looks like. I kind of agree that everyone's going to see what we're seeing here. It's going to be really popular, but find a way to get different. I don't know how many people will, will continue to do the fields um, with the opposing p- passing pass catchers. Um, but that worked out really well last week. I had a couple of lineups that, that got close. Unfortunately, didn't have Mixon in a, a stack like that, so didn't get all the way to the top. Um, but I think that's a great way to play this, play fields with St. Brown and Hawkinson or St. Brown and Khalif Raymond. I think you could even do St. Brown and, and Jamal Williams. But I, I love playing fields naked or playing him with Komet or Mooney and then running it back with multiple guys on the other side. Um, there could what be a ton of points. In this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Um, don't know what the price is off the top. Four, four, yeah, four eight definitely. Um, saw him get a little bit involved last week, not a ton. I think there's big time room up on his uh, routes run and, and snaps played for sure. Uh, Forty eight hundred, very much in play. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think that he's going to be a big part of this offense. Um, so yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Jags going up against the Chiefs. Big old total here, 50.5 Jags, 10.5 point dog, or 9.5 point dog here, rather. Um, Jags injuries, just Ingram was limited, not really much to worry about. Chiefs side, really, really not anything to worry about either. Hardman didn't practice, I guess is the one thing that's a possibility here. We'll start off with the Jags. I mean... I don't want to play Lawrence. I don't want to play the wide receivers too much, but it's kind of a spot where they are going to have to throw the ball. Like, I guess there's a chance we see kind of what we saw with 
Tennessee last week and they just ran Henry over and over again and got out to an early league. I assume there's ways you can play that. And I don't hate ETN just because the massive amount of volume and productions he's had in recent weeks, but I'm just trying to figure out what do I do with this Jacksonville side? Cause I obviously want to play some chiefs players. So I have a lot more interest in, in Jacksonville than you do. It sounds like um, I think Christian Kirk at 5,900 is, is a fantastic play. Um, we've seen the targets come back after a couple weeks being down there. Uh, he's been at nine targets, seven targets and 10 targets the last three weeks. So volume is there. You, you touched on the game script here with them being uh, nine point underdogs, nine and a half point underdogs. They should be playing from behind and we should see that pass volume tick up. Christian Kirk is one of my favorite options at receiver. And Zay Jones is a guy who's been playing really well all year. Um, He's only 4,400. As we sit right now, there's not a ton of value on this slate. Zay Jones is one of my favorite cheap options um, that there is. So I, I do have, I don't know that I will play Trevor Lawrence, but I definitely will have exposure to Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And then Travis Etienne, like this role looks amazing here for him. Um, he has surprisingly not been that involved in the passing game. I think he gets involved in the passing game in, in this spot, though. Uh, Price is coming way up on him, but he should be a lock for 20-plus carries, even in a negative game script. Uh, and I think he could see four, five, six targets in this spot as well. So despite the price coming up on ETN, still very interested there. Yeah, I mean, his, his receiving prop is generally sitting at three and a half most weeks, so wouldn't be surprised to see him get five targets. When Robinson was in the backfield with him, he was getting a decent amount of targets every single week. He was kind of the third down roll, so I don't know why they haven't really passed the ball to him too much in the last two weeks, but I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I think they'll continue to grow, and I mean, I think you're right. The wide receivers kind of are the way to go. I don't want to play Trevor Lawrence, so it's going to be just bringbacks coming from the KC side. If I'm playing Mahomes and I'm playing Kelsey, then Kirk and Zay Jones are great bringbacks. I do like that price tag to Zay Jones, so I'm right there with you. And if you want to, like, you can bring it back with ETN too, because there's a chance that Jacksonville somehow gets out to lead. ETN's probably going to be the one that's involved. So I don't hate that at all. Um, yeah, KC we should probably touch on touch, just touch on Ingram real quick. Like, it's tough anytime you're you're trying to bring a run back from KC to include the tight end. I think Ingram is one of the top point per dollar tight ends on the slate. But I want to play Kelsey on the other side. So, and I don't really want to play double tight end. It's just, it's a really difficult scenario. He grabbed the Q tag. So, like, he he's a guy that's seen volume in, in trailing game scripts, though. So, he's very much in play. I just, I hate how it, how the stack works out when I'm playing against Kansas City. And this, this tight end slate is absolutely atrocious. So, it's Kelsey bad. is my, he's miles ahead of any other option. So, I'll have some Ingram, but not a ton. And that's just because he's on the other side of Kelsey here. Yep. Yep. Then on the KC side of things, I mean, Mahomes, again, probably the top raw points quarterback on the entire slate. Um, obvious guy to throw in is Kelsey. Any of the other wide receivers? I mean, I, I don't have a handle on them pretty much any given week. Do you have any? I mean, obviously, Juju's been playing pretty decently recently. Um, Hardman had a great week last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember whatever it was. Um, who, who, I guess it's it's they mostly kind of separated themselves, those two guys. Yeah, I, I mean, Tony being here kind of messes it up again. I think we were trending towards having a good handle on it. It was Juju kind of separating as the volume guy and Hardman kind of 
the gadget guy that we knew was going to be involved um, with ends around end arounds and sweeps and things like that. They like they will put the ball in Hardman's hands, so he was always in play. But now Tony can be that guy too. Um, so it's really difficult. Juju is definitely the one that I feel most comfortable about from the wide receivers. Um, I think he's really started to kind of gain Patrick Mahomes' trust. We saw him play 87% of the snaps last week. Um, he's still a little bit, bit underpriced. I think Juju would be the clear wide receiver that I want to play. Tony's presence makes the rest a little bit uncomfortable. And then Hardman popping up on the injury report, um, never good either. Uh, so yeah, just like it's Kelsey first, then it's Juju. You can certainly sprinkle in some of the other wide receivers, but those, those will be like large field only plays, Millie maker type plays for me. Um, Primarily, it'll be Juju and Kelsey that I'm using. When I need to save some money, like I don't, I don't hate throwing in a Hardman or a Tony, but that's it, it, I'm going to get to Juju, Juju and Kelsey as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on to another game. Again, we're starting off with all the good games. The second half of this podcast is going to be really boring. We got <laughs> the Browns going up against Miami for the Brown side of things. Um, let's see, sorry, got trying to pull up the injuries. Uh, doesn't look like we have too much outside of Najoku didn't practice today and Cooper didn't practice today. So that could cause some problems. And obviously Miles Garrett Clowney not practicing. So this could be go a few different ways on the Dolphins side. Not really anything Waddle practice. So I assume he's going to be good to go. Cleveland side of things. I mean, Chubb gets consistently looked overlooked every single week. People are going to want to spend up in other spots. If this game is going to stay close, Chubb likely is the main culprit behind it. Um, outside of that, I mean, Amari Cooper not playing could be massive for Peoples Jones. Najoku not playing could be massive for volume on Cooper. Um, how are you kind of treating this, not knowing right now? And what, what are you going to be looking at if they both play or if they're out? Yeah, another one that we just kind of have to wait and see. Like, I think Njoku is more in danger of missing again than than Amari just because he's been out for a couple of weeks here. Um, what was Cooper's injury that he popped up with? Like, that might just be a rest day for Cooper. Yeah, it might be. Um, but, yeah, I, I have interest in Cooper if he's in there. Uh, and I have an interest in Njoku if he's in there too. Chubb's price is really tough. And Kareem Hunt, like – he completely disappeared from the game plan for a couple of weeks there around the trading deadline. I'm very concerned about how much he was involved last week. Um, 11 carries, four targets, caught all four of them. So like Kareem Hunt saw a massive increase in role after they decided they weren't going to move him at the trade deadline. That makes Chubb even more difficult to play. Like he's a guy that you need at least two touchdowns for him to be relevant. And he does it often. I know like he has some of the best touchdown equity in the league. It's just Miami's past defense is so much worse than their run defense. I don't know. Like I, I want to play Chubb. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know how much I'm going to be able to get there at 8,100. I, I much prefer to play to pay up for premium wide receivers. So I like, I want to play Miami and I want to run this back for sure. I just I don't know that Chubb makes the most sense. I think Chubb is the way the game slows down. Maybe Kareem Hunt as a run back makes more sense than Chubb 
Um, he's a lot cheaper. He'll catch some passes. I think that I feel pretty good about Hunt being involved going forward as the pass catching back. So give, give me some Hunt uh, and, and Amari, of course. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of – I honestly throw anyone in there. Like this is a Miami game. I'm going to stack this game up every which way from the Cleveland yep. side. I mean, Cooper, Chubb, Hunt. Um, Hunt is kind of the – Kind of the guy I'll use in a bring back, obviously, if I'm stacking up the Miami side. But Chubb, um, if I'm not, if I'm stacking up the Miami side, could be a decent one too. So uh, I play any of them, honestly. Play Najoku's had a big role. Cooper can get massive volume. Brissett, I know that he's not someone that we generally see a massive ceiling out of, but game versus Miami, we could see 25, 30 points in this spot here just because it's Miami. Um, yeah, just do this any which way. Uh, Miami side of things, I mean, Waddle. Real easy. Yep. Hill, Tua, probably the best double Done. stack, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's won multiple tournaments this year. Um, the volume that those two wide receivers get are just absolutely insane. That's exactly how I'm playing the Miami side of this. Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, running back with one Cleveland guy. That's going to be a big part of my build this week for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if you want to, and not I'd not probably... touching not touching the running backs, like Wilson was involved last week. He's probably I could see Wilson running ahead of Mostert. So if I was going to play one of them, I think it would be Wilson ahead of Mostert. But I I probably just won't touch this running back situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably right there with you. It's just uh, it's uh, it's ugly. Um, well, it's not ugly. It's just it's a split backfield. Both of them are priced up enough where you might get lucky on one of them, but good luck trying to figure it out. Just stick with the Waddle Hill to a stack. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got Houston going up against the Giants. Probably going to be an ugly game here. Um, trying to bring up the injury report, but I misspelled Texans twice. Um, does not start with TA. Uh, trying to multitask. <laughs> Cooks is. My, possibly not playing. I, he's popped up on the injury report. He did not practice. Um, on the Giants side of things, Rich, Ricky G. James practiced. Galladay was limited. If Cook plays, I think you can play Cook. I think you can play Pierce. I think you can play Barkley. I don't love any of them, but they're all in play, and I think that's it from this game. Yeah, so Cooks is – he's the – whining about not getting traded is his injury. Um, I don't think there's an actual injury here. So that's just whether he, he sets aside a size differences with, with the organization for not trading him. Um, I think we'll have clarity on that from, a, from Schefter or Rappaport or somebody like that leading up to Sunday. Um, if cooks is active, I'd be totally fine running him out there. Like I said, I don't think it's a real injury. I think it's more to do with him not getting traded. I, I did just like I, he's fine. Damian Pierce could potentially be one of the top running back plays on the slate. The volume this guy's been getting has been absolutely ridiculous. 6,300, still a little bit too cheap for his role, in my opinion. He's he's involved in the passing game. Um, yeah, Damian Pierce, he he popped up on the injury report too, which I think that might be something to, to monitor for real. Like he's a young guy. Not a guy I see getting a, a Wednesday rest day. So definitely keep an eye on Pierce's injury situation. If he's in there, I like him a good amount just because of the role and the price tag. Not a great spot for him against a, a decent Giants defense. 
but I, I, I will play some for sure. On the Giants side, I think it's pretty easy. It's just Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think it's a, a fantastic spot. Houston's the worst run defense in the league. Barkley has been down a little bit here the last couple of weeks, but he's still getting massive volume. It's just a matter of the efficiency coming down a little bit. It's going to come back. Uh, Barkley's a, a fantastic play. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of it. Both teams are going to run the ball. That's not much else to say. Um, next game, we got Colts. No, no, we don't have the Colts. We have the Saints going up against Pittsburgh. Not a big total here, 40. Um, for the Saints, we have Landry is limited, so he might be back this week. Ingram didn't practice. Um, Steelers, doesn't look like there's anyone on their injury report. So we'll start off with New Orleans. To me, I mean, Olave is always a okay play. Um, gets decent volume pretty much every week. I know it's taken a hit with uh, Dalton at the helm, but does have still a decent amount of targets over the last five weeks or so. But the play here, Kamara. Um, I know he did not get a ton of work in the passing game last week. That was the first time since Dalton been quarterback where he didn't get at least, I think, six or seven targets but Kamara's just been fantastic this is gonna be a low scoring game they're likely to run it on the ground with him a lot he's likely to get a bunch of dump offs to me I'm staying away from Dalton I have very little I have a little bit of interest in Olave and that's kind of that's kind of it um Kamara is the play to me yeah I like your Olave call um I'm still interested, even at that big price tag, even with a little bit of a, a downtick in targets here. He's still getting plenty of volume. Um, can definitely smash. You're not scared of this Pittsburgh defense at all. The Landry situation is is what I'm interested in. You talked about Kamara's elite pass game usage. Like He's been the only guy that they've had. If Landry comes back, I'd be a little bit concerned about Kamara's work in the short area of the field, like they, like him and Landry run the same type of routes. Um, both are going to run a ton of stuff under 10 yards. Kamara right now is projecting to be really popular. If Landry is in there, I, I might consider an underweight stance on Kamara. I agree. Like he's the volume guy here. There's no one behind him. You would think he should get a lot more work in, in the ground game, but he just, he's never been a huge volume guy on the ground. So he needs that passing game work um to like that's what makes him an elite fantasy producer Landry coming back would would be a slight hit to Kamara in my opinion so I'll keep an eye on that situation I'll monitor the ownership on Kamara he's definitely the top option here but how much exposure I have I think is a little bit dependent upon Landry yeah yeah no that's fair Pittsburgh side of things I mean Pickens Deontay Friermuth are all fine, but I mean, you're gonna we're gonna say this in a lot of games coming up, but no one really stands out. I mean, Friermuth is probably my favorite play over on Pittsburgh, just because tight ends ugly and he seems to get volume pretty much every single week. But I really don't want to play Pickens with a 19 and a half total or Pickett with a 19 and a half total. This is this is just kind of an ugly spot. Deontay and Pickens can get there based on volume. Najee's been awful. Like, I don't know. Can you talk me on to anything? Nothing with conviction. I think there's some interesting targets here. Like Pickens and Johnson are fine, like you said. Not a ton of interest, but I wouldn't kick them out of a lineup. 
Um, they both get enough volume. Totally fine. Just don't love the game environment. Really tough uh, matchup against a great New Orleans defense. It's not in the it's in Pittsburgh, so that's a downgrade to the overall game environment. They're fine. I, I'm not looking to stack New Orleans though, so I don't necessarily need runbacks here from. It's really I would just want a piece to play on the other side of Kamara probably. The running back situation, I can't touch Najee. He's been so terrible. Jalen Warren is a little bit interesting though. Um, he's he had been playing a lot on third downs, and he started to get worked in even a little bit more on first and second down. There's been a little bit of chatter from beat writers and things like that, that Jalen Warren might run ahead of Najee Harris this week. Even if he does, I'm not like, a, I'm not terribly interested. He's just super cheap, 4,900, but it's still a horrible matchup against New Orleans. I'm interested in the passing game role for the, the running backs. Like Harris has still been involved in the passing game, but if, if Jalen Warren were to overtake this and be the true lead back, I, you'd have to have interest at 4,900, even in a, in a bad matchup, but. Not we're not going to know that for sure going into Sunday. So it's a really difficult play just because of the matchup, the, the uncertainty. Nothing to love here on Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you thought that game was terrible, I've got something <laughs> for you here. Uh, we got Denver going up against Tennessee. Real ugly game. Um, Broncos, they've currently got Hamler on the injury report. He was limited. That's kind of it. Um Titans, Derrick Henry was limited, and Hilliard was limited. There's a lot of things on here. Tannehill looks like he might be back. He was limited. This is just terrible. I mean, let's start off with the Denver side of things. You can play Sutton. You can play Judy. You can play Murray. I. You can play Russ. I don't want to play anyone. This is this is <laughs> one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah, it's, it's been a brutal ride for Denver here this year. Um, I'm trying to – Tennessee is really good against the run and bad against the pass, if I remember. Yes. Um, I don't – like, this is – it's like we talked about it at the beginning. There are two really good games, um, maybe three if you want to include that. Uh, Cleveland – like Cleveland-Miami, Chicago very clearly the top. Minnesota or not Minnesota, uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City, and Cleveland, Miami. I think those three games pretty clearly way ahead of the rest. So this is stuff we're just talking about ways to get different here. The thought of stacking Russell Wilson is just really brutal, but it's a good spot for them. Um, Judy and Sutton are cheap. I I don't hate the Russ Sutton Judy stack. And I'll even throw Greg Dulcich in there. He's had a really good role since re- returning from IR. Um, he played a ton of snaps last week. He's going to be involved. He's 3,400. It's a terrible, terrible tight end slate. So Russ double stacks I have a little bit of interest in just because of the way um, that t- the Tennessee defense plays. More than likely, I just used one of them on the other side of Derrick Henry, though. We'll get to that in a second. Um Dulcich is probably my favorite play here from Denver, um, and then Sutton and Judy. But don't don't love anything. Yeah, yeah. Then on the I'm rather with it. Tennessee side. I mean, Derrick Henry, second half of the year, always crushes. It's a tough match going up against Denver, but I can't can't assume that Denver is going to use too much of time of possession. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Derrick Henry rush the ball 30 times in this spot. If Willis starts, 
Um, I don't want to play him. I don't want to play any pass catchers. If Tannehill starts, I don't want to play him. I don't want to play any <laughs> of the pass catchers. Yeah, completely agree with the passing game stuff there. Um, Denver's defense has actually been pretty bad against the run. They're outstanding overall, and they're absolutely elite, the best in football against the pass. But they, they have been susceptible to the run a little bit. If this game was in Denver, I wouldn't have as much interest, but them coming on the road to Tennessee, I love Derrick Henry in this. I, I think, and he's not somebody I, I usually play, especially on DraftKings. But if Willis is in there again, you can just lock in Derrick Henry for 25, 25 carries on the ground. Like they, they are not going to throw the ball here. Um, I, they're a better team, I think, than Denver. If they're playing from from ahead, Derrick Henry's touching the ball 25 times. So I, I love Henry. Not a guy I love to play, but this this is a good spot for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I've, I've learned now. It doesn't matter the spot. It doesn't matter who else is on the slate. It doesn't matter anything. Derrick Henry's always in play. Um, next game. Also, very ugly. We have the Colts going up against the Raiders. Uh, not a big total here. I think it's saying at 41 Colts side of things, we have Jonathan Taylor might be coming back this week. Deion Jackson looks like he's out. On the Raiders side of things, Hunter Renfro was limited. Waller was limited. Who knows if they'll be back. Um, start off with the Colts. Anything? Anything at all? I mean, certainly not playing Ellinger. I think Michael Pittman, because of his volume, is in play. Don't love the price at 6,200, but not afraid of the Las Vegas defense. The running back situation, if Taylor and Jackson both miss, we have to have some interest in Zach Moss at 4,600, I think. He was barely, he, he got one touch, barely saw the field in his first game with Indy. Does he even know the playbook yet? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he only knows half the playbook and they're going to throw someone in off the practice squad to take half the snaps. I mean, in, in almost two weeks, like you have to be able to learn. 80% of the playbook, I would think. It's not it's not rocket science, especially when you're a back like Moss. Like, it's all – they're handing it off to him. He doesn't have to know. I guess he has I mean, to know pass protection. There's route running. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's way easier than a wide receiver, way, way easier than a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he would be involved enough it, for the, this matchup and his price tag. I, I think he's a smash if Taylor and Jackson both miss. If Taylor's in there, I probably don't play him. Even even if Taylor ends up playing and, and being limited, it still might not be enough. But just if there's a very clear path to, to Moss leading the backfield, I think we have to be interested because Las Vegas is, is not good against the run. But not a great game environment overall. Def, definitely not stacking Indy. Um, but I will sprinkle in a little bit of Pittman, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with the running backs. Yeah, yeah. That's... I'm I'm just staying away. I'm I'm just outside of maybe Moss. I'm just staying away. Um, Raiders side of things. I mean, Devonte Adams finally had another big game um, after putting up a few duds. Jacobs can have three touchdowns any week. If Waller comes back, that definitely eats in to everyone's production a little bit. I mean, I don't want to play Derek Carr. Not a huge total here. I'm kind of just on Jacobs and Adams, and Adams is priced up enough where it's kind of tough to play him over Hill, over Jefferson, over Cup. Yeah, I well, 
Cup is the one. I don't know. I don't think Stafford's playing. So Cup might get removed from that equation, but agree with you um, on Jefferson and and Tyreek. Like, I prefer those two over Adams. Um, Adam, especially if, if Waller's back, I probably don't touch anything on the Las Vegas side here. Um, Jacobs is still really expensive. We've seen a little bit of a reduction in his role, particularly in the passing game. He just hasn't been as involved. I know they just completely no-showed at New Orleans, but even last week against Jacksonville, um, just not – it wasn't the true, like, alpha role that, that he, like, showed off for three weeks in a row there where he was smacking. I just, I, I just don't have a ton of interest in Las Vegas here. Um, Waller coming back would make it almost zero interest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, some of these games are just ugly. And moving on to a slightly less ugly, but still pretty darn ugly game. We got the Cowboys going up against the Packers. The Cowboys side of things, not really anything to worry about right now. Everyone should be good to go. Elliot was limited, but I assume he's good to go. On the Packers side of things, Watkins didn't practice. Lazard is limited. Dobbs. Didn't practice. Um, Jones was limited. Yeah. Um, Rodgers didn't practice, but I assume he's fine. Uh, start off with Dallas. I mean, if Zeke plays, this is – I I don't know. Again, I, I just can't find anyone to play for most of these games. Yeah, I mean, the way to attack Green Bay is on the ground, and we have this disgusting situation here in Dallas where they just refuse to give Tony Pollard the keys to the backfield. I don't know what else the guy has to do. Every time he's given an opportunity, he absolutely smashes. Um, he's priced to a point where if – I think the quote was 15 touches or something like that was his max. Like, if they're not going to give him the ball more than 15 times, how do you play him at this this price? Zeke, like splitting the backfield with Tony Pollard. So he is cheap. Maybe take some stabs there if, if he's active, but I just, I just hate playing guys in split backfields, especially when they're priced up into the 6 a range where you can find like true work, true workhorses like Travis Etienne. I guess he's a little bit more expensive now, but Damian Pierce is in this exact same price range. Like give me Damian Pierce, who I know is touching the ball 20 to 25 times. It's a good spot for these Dallas backs, but I just it, it's because of the split backfield that's really difficult to play him. Dalton Schultz, yeah. I guess, would be the one the one Dallas guy I, I have some interest in. CD Lamb, I don't love because the Green Bay pass defense has been really good. Um, but Schultz being cheap, tight end being gross, I think you could play some Schultz. Yeah, I like that Schultz call, especially tight ends just ugly. So I like that one. Um, Packers side of things, I mean, who knows who's going to be playing. Um, kind of yeah, Dobbs is, Dobbs is a high ankle. It sounds he's out multiple weeks, so that's some clarity. Okay. But Lazard and, and Watkins still with the Q tags, and just I mean, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looks atrocious, the receivers have been atrocious. Like, I don't want to play this Green Bay passing game against a really, really good Dallas defense. And then there, there, we have a split backfield as well here on the Green Bay side. So it's, I it's just a – I still play Aaron Jones. Like, you can still play Aaron Jones pretty much any given week. He can put up a big outing. Dylan's kind of gotten lost for the most part. But, yeah, I don't really want to play anyone in this spot. Like, Rodgers hasn't had more than 20 points a single game this season. 
it is wild. And and how they have not found him an addition to the, that wide receiver room at how any point. How they didn't add Braden Cooks. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like it is. It's ridiculous, but it's what we're dealing with. Um, I don't. I don't have any interest in Green Bay. I don't think. Like, I don't mind your Jones call. He's the guy I would play. I think, but he's still expensive. There's a ton of a lot of running backs underneath him that I would rather play. Like, this is just a tough matchup against Dallas. Um, I don't. I don't have a ton of interest in either side of this game, really. Yeah, it's it's hot garbage. Well, <laughs> another one that's probably not great, and the last game on the slate is the Cardinals going up against the Rams. Um, 41.5 total, which isn't what we're normally used to seeing for Arizona. On the or- Arizona side of things, Murray didn't practice. He's fine, though, right? It's just a day off, or did he get it? Yeah, I believe that's just... Yeah, that should be rest. Yeah, just making sure. Um, outside of that, they listed really. ham. They did list hamstring though, which is obviously not great for a running quarterback if it's a real injury. Um, so I'd keep an eye on that throughout the week. If he ends up being limited all week, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest anyway because he's priced up. But I, I really wouldn't have any interest if he can't make, can't get in a full practice. Yeah, and then on the Rams side of things, some big news: Stafford. Currently questionable. We'll start off with the Arizona side of things. I mean, assuming Kyler Murray's fine. I, I he he's an okay play. Rondale Moore has been getting a decent amount of volume recently. I think he's fine just because he's gonna get, especially on a full PPR site, he's fine. Hopkins did not have a great week last week, but I, I don't care. I'll still play Hopkins. I mean, the guy has been fantastic, was fantastic in the prior two games. The volume has been great outside of last week versus Seattle, which was just a weird game. Hopkins is the play for me in this game. Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, we a guy we've seen get a ton of volume here before. Um, I, I think I want Stafford in to be able to play Kyler stacks though, um, or even even Hopkins. Um, I guess you could play Hopkins either way and just hope he gets his ten targets and, and finds the end zone, and that's really all that Kyler does. Because um, this is a like the Rams defense has still been pretty good. The offense has been garbage outside of Cooper Cup, but the defense has still been pretty good. I'm interested in James Conner a little bit, um, and I think I'm interested in him more if Stafford is out, just because I don't think the LA offense will be very efficient. It's going to be a really slow game if that's the case, but James Conner might just see 25 carries with Arizona playing from ahead by two scores the whole game. So Conner working his way back, he has that goal line role. I think he could score twice in this spot. Um, I'll play some Conner. I I like your Hopkins call. Rondell at 5,200, the price is coming up, but if he's going to see eight to 10 targets, He's absolutely in play as well. I think only one of these guys get there, though. So I don't love the stacks. Like, if I was playing Kyler, it would be with one of Hopkins or more. You could throw Ertz in there as well. But I, I don't think I would double stack Kyler. Um, and I just – I don't think this is going to be a real high-scoring game. We saw it last week with the, the Rams and Tampa Bay. Like, two teams we would have loved to stack last year. They just – they're struggling so much this year. This is a very similar game to that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not great. I mean, it, yeah, on the Rams side, if Stafford plays Cup, it really doesn't matter. Every single week, he's just a certified stud. 
outside of that, like, I don't want to mess around with Akers or Henderson. I don't want to mess around with Robinson. I don't want to mess around. I, I could see Higby. Um, if Cooper Rush ends up playing – or not Cooper Rush. Uh, John Walford, Walford ends up playing. He's yeah. 4.9K. Any interest in him? Some, because just because he runs um, and values really bad on the slate. So I, I – have been thinking about that quite a bit here as I was researching the slate because I, I truly don't think Stafford plays. Um, concussion protocol on a Wednesday is it's going to be really tough for him to make it back to get cleared by Sunday. Um, I would prefer Perkins play because he's an even better runner. I, there's there's massive risk with Walford. Um, I, you see Perkins working in as well, like they could play both of them. It's a really bad situation. But 4,900, he doesn't need to do much. Um, just finding the end zone on the ground one time would probably be enough. So, yeah, I'm interested, and I think we're really heading heading towards this direction and having to make this decision. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. What do you? How how do you feel about Walford? I, I'm interested, but I don't know that, that I should be really as much as I am. Um, but I mean, I have to assume that. If you're playing him, you kind of need to throw a cup in there because then you're just assuming Wolford basically comes in and pretty much does the Stafford role and throws the cup over and over again, and Cup ends up with like 15 receptions for 180 yards. Like that, that's that's the one scenario I could probably see. Um, but he's 4.9k. He makes stuff work. I mean, there's yeah, I mean, not a played, lot. You, you have two. You have them, right? Let's look at the quarterbacks that we have on the slate. Um, the only really good plays are Fields, Allen if he plays, but he's probably not going to, Mahomes and Tua. Like that's yep. that's kind of it. I no agree. one that's stands out as a good quarterback play outside of them. I mean, obviously you can get lower ownership. There's a reason why you would play other people, but there's really not a good quarterback outside of those three. Yep. I mean, I played a ton of Ellinger when he was 4K, not because I thought he was a great quarterback, just because I thought he he could run a touchdown in, and then he's pretty much at value there. Walford's kind of the same same guy. Um, he's not a very talented thrower, but he runs. 4,900, why not? Yeah. yeah. I guess it can run a touchdown. All right, let's play morning grind game and then get on out of here. I don't remember the rules again. Um, quarterback... To what? 300 yards. 300 yards. Don't go with the obvious three. <laughs> More obvious two, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, Fields would be pretty bold, I think. He's, I don't know that he's going to throw for 300. I would allow that. I would absolutely allow that. Yeah. Oh, man. You're not going to let me have Mahomes, huh? No. Nope. Um, and two is the other one, obviously, that you're talking about. So it gets pretty ugly after that. Yep. Oh. I'm going to do it, I think. Give me Russell Wilson. It's disgusting. Ugly. Ugly. <laughs> I understand, but no. The answer is Jared Goff. The answer is Well, you wouldn't let me have the, the two good ones. so Jared Goff's going for 300 yards. Easy there you go. money there. That's, that's uh, a much better call. Low-owned RB to score a touchdown. No, gosh, this slate's ugly. The chalk is – this is going to be the week where the chalk finally fails. I have a feeling. I mean, Chubb's going to be low-owned. I don't love him as a play, but he's going to score a touchdown. 
I actually like that. That's a pretty solid one. Um, I'm going to... Gosh, this is terrible. I'm going to go with James Conner. I love that one. Um, no, that, he was actually the other one I had written down. Yeah, wide receiver, um, quarterback combo for a touchdown. Um, Give me two at a waddle. Seems like Waddle is the guy he looks for around the end zone. Tyreek is is more of the the long long touchdown type of guy. Waddle's the the red zone guy who scores. Gosh, this is terrible. This this is just <laughs> this is quite possibly the ugliest slate I've ever seen. Um, give me Christian Kirk. You talk me on to him. Uh, tight end for a touchdown. Not named Kelsey. Greg Dulcich. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Um, defense to score a touchdown. I, I don't know if I got this game right, but it's, I'm the host. Yeah, I, I think you, uh, there was one more wide receiver with eight-plus targets. You you oh, said yours right. for your, um, the stack. Christian Kirk is the guy I had for that. I think Jacksonville is going to be behind, and they're going to be throwing a ton, and, and Kirk's the guy that's going to get the volume. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with uh, – I'm going to go Juju. Love it. Yep. Um, defense to score a touchdown. I mean, I feel like there could be six different ones that score a touchdown. <laughs> There's going to be some real chalk at defense. If Allen doesn't play, Minnesota is 2,200 on DK. And if Stafford doesn't play, the Cardinals are 2,700 on yeah. DK. Like that, wow. We're, we might see those two take up like 60% of the ownership. Um. I'm, I'll avoid those two since we don't know the status of the quarterbacks. Um, give me, give me Denver. I them, I'm going to take uh, the other side of the game. I'm going Titans. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it's terrible. All right, Keith. Any last minute thoughts before we get on out of here? No, but we'll see. If we don't have Allen and Stafford, this could this could be a real ugly slate that's very condensed around just a two or three games here um it's going to be difficult to get different this week if that's how this shakes out but we'll see what happens yep it's an ugly slate good luck guys we're out here look at <laughs>